As we gather this morning, we remember the attacks on this nation 20 years ago. We remember and honor the lives of those that were lost that morning and those who have died since of 9-11 related illness. We remember the 343 firefighters who ran into the towers and never made it out and the many people who are working in the towers and never made it home. In the midst of the hate and devastation, so many people wondered where God was when the plane struck the towers. But God, we knew you were there with us the whole time. Though it seemed like you had abandoned us, you did not. Out of the ugliness of that day, we also saw the best in people as neighbors banded together to help each other. It is said that time heals all wounds, but for many of us, we still bear the scars of the events of that day. Things like the sounds of helicopters bring us back to that day, even 20 years later. My brothers and sisters, even in the midst of sadness, anger, and grief, know that as the psalmist tells us in Psalm 46, that God is our refuge and our strength, a present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God, that I am exalted among the nations, I am exalted in the earth. The God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let us worship our God. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all there all over the world and here in New York City. And that's right, what a, uh, what a year uh, we've had. And 20 years ago, we are taking this morning to really see how God intersects our lives uh, with what's happened. And can't wait to sing with you. We're gonna do uh, an old hymn. This is called Praise of the Lord, the Almighty. Let's sing out. Thank you. 
Thank you, Drew. And hi, all of uh, the youngest people worshiping with us today. This is a, a special moment just for you to talk a little bit today. I wanna to talk about what I experienced 20 years ago. I was 11 years old on 9-11, growing up just north of New York City. And a lot of my classmates' parents worked in Manhattan, a good number in the towers themselves. On that Tuesday, they called a school assembly and told us what happened. And they sent us to the cafeteria to wait, all the kids anxiously hoping their parents would call. And a few kids never got that call. I remember in that moment, in the days and weeks afterwards, being really scared. The news replayed footage of the planes crashing into the buildings over and over again. People were talking about going to war. One of my brother's best friend's parents never came home. What I want to tell you today aren't those moments or that fear, but the love that sustained me through it. My parents and the other adults in my life hugged me. They told me that even though things were definitely not okay, we were gonna move through them together. I watched families in my school gather around the kids whose parents died. I watched people shower them with care, knowing that when things are saddest, that's when our love is the most important. And I know that you've been moving through tragedy too. Instead of a single attack, you've experienced suffering and death stretched over months and years. All sorts of strange new rituals. Class on Zoom, wearing masks in school. But I bet you're asking yourself now a lot of the same questions I asked myself then. Will things be okay? Will we ever go back to normal? What can I do with all this fear and sadness that I feel. So I wanna tell you, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be sad. More than okay, those feelings show just how much you care about other people. Never, never be ashamed of them. But what's most important is that you don't keep those feelings to yourself. Share them with the adults in your life. Because here's the real truth. Your adults are feeling them too. And friends, know that we will get through this together, just as we did 20 years ago. Even when we can't make things right, our love is always, always enough. Amen. Amen, Ben. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. We're here in Long Island City at the Gantry State Park with Chris and Anna, Graham and kids and Madge is on her way. We are having a worship watch party, which I hope you know that you can have wherever you are in the world. You can email, get on the new members portal and figure out where the people in Philadelphia are, in Indiana are, in Mississippi are, and put together your own worship watch party as we continue to be church in this moment. I'm Reverend Amanda, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm gonna tell you a couple of the ways that we are rising in community together. The first is that you've heard that we are making plans to begin gathering for the first time in person since March, 2020. I know you have a lot of questions about that. I do too. Next Sunday after worship, I hope you'll join me and some other staff as we have a roundtable discussion. Bring your questions, bring your concerns as we talk about how we will gather safely together in person and how we will continue being a robust digital community. Then the following Sunday, September 26th, I hope you'll make plans also to join us after worship in the chat and chew space for a special presentation listening circle by our reparations task force of which Anna has been a part for, we didn't even plan this, for over a year and a half. 
They have been hard at work listening and learning and figuring out what it means to be a church that is intentional about reparations. So they'd like to share with you what they've learned and to hear from you where you would like us to go from here. And finally, I know you've been uh, beginning to hear about our big homecoming Sunday. Put in the chat, what Sunday is homecoming Sunday? I'm not gonna say it until I see somebody in the chat say, yay! October 3rd is our homecoming Sunday. We have a special worship time, that Sunday only. It will not be 11.45, it'll be 11 o'clock on Sunday, October 3rd. So make note of the time change, number one. Number two, we will be gathering in person for those of you who would like to join us that day on the street in front of our sanctuary on 2nd Avenue between 6th and 7th streets. We need to know if you plan on joining us. So even if you think, oh, they know I'm gonna be there, please let us know. We're gonna put in the chat right now an RSVP link. Just let us know so we can track numbers well. And also, it's gonna take a lot of us to put on homecoming. Here comes Midge. <laughs> They're gonna make it just as, yeah, we're live. Come say hi. It's gonna take a lot of hands to put on homecoming. So whether you are not able to join us in person, we need a lot of help online that day and we need a lot of help in person. There's a sign up genius link that is also gonna be in the chat and I hope you will sign up to volunteer on that Sunday as well. And now friends, let's move into a time of remembrance and prayer. As you know, we've been holding all that this 20th anniversary means to us on this worship today. And we are gonna to continue to do that now in our prayers. We're going to watch a clip of a prayer that Jackie did four or five years ago in our sanctuary, honoring first responders. And before we play that, I'd like you to grab a light source. It could be a phone flashlight. Can I show? This is Skylar's coveted light source. So it can, you can really be creative here. Get a light source that you have. And Jackie will lead us in a time to hold our lights as a way to hold our grief and our pain and our desire to remember with a sense of justice and intentionality. So let's pray together now. What we're gonna do now um, is honor the first responders in our community. And let me start off by saying Middle Church was a first responder. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people walked by this place, came in these doors. You made that happen. Opened the doors so people could come, have a drink of water, wash their face, sit down and eat, uh, chill for a while. You did that. But we have first responders in our family. Joey Morelli, please come. <coughs> come on. Joey was on, on site on 9-11, taking her team in, taking his team in, also setting up crisis centers, counseling centers, and working also at the morgue. Um, that, that was not easy duty, but Joey did that with love. Gloria Moy is here. Gloria Moy was at, working at Beth Israel on the 11th, and on the 12th was downtown at Ground Zero, working with physicians, cleaning the dust out of their eyes, bringing them water, comforting them while they comforted others. Were any of the rest of you working on 9-11? Anybody lost loved ones on 9-11? Please come. Please come and stand in Please come and stand up for those we've lost, for those who are still struggling with health problems because of the work they've done. And let us stand and, and all of us pray because again, you were first responders to Middle Church. So if you're able, please stand and we'll say a prayer.
God of every good gift, of love that's beyond our imaginations. Our hearts will always reverberate for this loss. I want to thank you on behalf of our whole community for the incredible service of Joey Morelli and Gloria Moy and the firefighters and the police officers and the transit authority officers and the nurses and the clergy and the doctors and the volunteers who showed up and showed out what love looks like. Thank you for courage and faithfulness. And for every life lost, loved ones and family and friends and colleagues, for people of every faith and every religion and every walk of life who perished, we hold a candle in our heart for them, for all of those lost in the subsequent war against terror. We hold a candle for them. We hold a candle for everyone bullied and mistreated because of these tragedies. And we call, hold a candle for ourselves, Lord, that you would make us light that you would keep us light, that you would help us to forgive those who trespass against us, that we might live lives of love. This we ask in your powerful and majestic name. Amen. Amen. And let's continue to pray now the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Pray it in whatever language or way is comfortable to you, there's an inclusive version printed in the bulletin. Let's pray together now. Ever loving and holy God, how will it be your name? Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As you can see, we have Deacon Pam who has joined us here as well at the gantry. There's still time to join us if you'd like friends. And we're gonna move now into a time of passing of the peace. If you are with us in the Zoom space, you're gonna be in a breakout room for three minutes. So use this time to go a little bit deeper with one another um, and talk to each other about how yesterday was for you. How was the 20 year anniversary yesterday for you as we pass the peace together? May the peace of God be with you all. We're gonna be at one breakout room. workshops that we've done on Black Lives Matter and white privilege and all that stuff. I've been in the social groups like New Adventures. Financial distress and I was don't even talk about it to others because I figured that's for me to deal with but never had a church of like an actual church that actually cared. I'm so grateful for Middle and my choir family. I know that I have been lifted in prayer a million times, and I know that that is what has gotten me through the worst of my days. So middle has been a constant for me. It has been a very present help in a time of need, and I'm so grateful for my middle community for welcoming and embracing me. And even though we don't have a building, I feel really hopeful about the community that we continue to be for each other because I see all the ways in which we are looking out for each other. Really love uh, connecting with the young people um, and all in, in general, all of the groups that meet together in this time uh, virtually. And on Sunday is also inspirational and, and gives me some comfort that someday we'll be able, you know, we will be together again and be able to hug again and do all the things that we did uh, before the pandemic.
This is for the busted heart. This is for the question mark. This is for the outcast soul lost control. No one knows. Sing it for the can't go back. Sing it for the broken past. Sing it for the just found out life is now upside down. If you're looking for hope tonight, raise your so beautiful. Um, I have an iPad also that's echoing. I hope it's done now. Um, hi, everybody. So good to see you all. Um, I have the scripture today as Odes of Solomon, uh, chapter 8, 1 through 7. Um, Odes of Solomon, chapter 8, 1 through 7, reads as such. Open, open your hearts to the dancing joy of the Lord and let your love abound from heart to lips in order to bring forth fruits of the Lord a holy life and speak with attention in his light. Stand and be restored, all you who were once flattened. Speak, you were silent, because your mouth has been opened. From now on, be lifted up, you who were destroyed, since your justice has been raised. For the right hand of the Lord is with you all, and she will be a helper for you. Peace was prepared for you before what may be your war. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, amen. <clears throat> I was 
in second period. And this newly certified Indiana music teacher was holding study hall. My accompanist ran in and said, a plane has just crashed into one of the Twin Towers. What, I exclaimed. It's all over the news, he said. I turned on the TV in the classroom and watched the coverage with my students in disbelief. Moments later, another plane crashed into the other tower. We all gasped. It was as if all the air had been sucked out of the room. It felt unreal. A few minutes later, we watched as one of the buildings fell. The principal came over the loudspeaker. Teachers, turn off your televisions. I allowed the students to talk amongst themselves, which is a huge no-no, so that we could all begin to process what we had just seen. We didn't have any other information at that time, but over the coming days, we'd learned so much more. I went into my office to start calling friends who had moved to New York. Were any of them working temp jobs in the building that day? My calls were met with busy signals. Looking back, I still hold some guilt around that day. I let an entire class of students watch a plane crash into a building. I let them watch the violent end of life. What do you hold from that day? Perhaps yours is a smell that you conjure up in your memory. A podcast I listened to this week reminded me that the smell of jet fuel lingered for months in the field where Flight 93 crashed. A friend of mine who was here in New York City at that time told me that what he remembered is smoke and the concern about the air quality in the days after. Being afraid to breathe. And now, 20 years later, he, as a black gay man in America, is still shouting, I can't breathe. Over 660,000 deaths and climbing in these United States over the last year and a half due to a virus that attacks the respiratory system. Right now, people are lying in hospital beds connected to machines because they can't breathe. Do you know that old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same? How do we reclaim our breath in a place and time where our next breath is always precarious, be it through natural disaster or the disaster of injustice? Each generation holds a traumatic event specific to them. The assassinations of, of JFK and MLK, the space shuttle Challenger explosion, 9-11, uh, the Sandy Hook massacre, COVID, the beating of Rodney King, the deaths of Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown and Oscar Grant and Sandra Bland and George Floyd and Philando Castile and Breonna Taylor and Ayanna Jones and countless other lives who, that have been sacrificed at the altar of white supremacy. And many other tragedies that I didn't name. It's wild to consider that the babies born on or around 9-11 are the ones who didn't get a graduation due to COVID lockdown. And that the Sandy Hook kids should be starting middle school this year. We carry these traumas with us, collect new ones as we live, compounded on top of the last, and pass them down to generations after us. Now, if you've tuned in for a while, you've probably heard me talk about the Odes of Solomon before. If not, you can catch up in a previous episode on one of our YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Um, like any of our other ancient texts, we know so little about it. Um, we don't know, you know, when it was written, we think, around the second century, and we don't know where, though we think it was a collection of writers. The text points to roots and connections to multiple cultures and countries, the traditions of Israel and early Christianity, the poetic stylings of Syria, though the only complete collection we have is in Syriac. Portions have been found in Coptic, Greek, and Latin, showing us the widespread nature of this text. Syria, in those first and second centuries, also experienced a fair amount of conquering and turnover in leadership. It was sort of a, a mixing pot for all the folks who had come through to lay claim, all the cultures that had been ushered in as the national standard. As you can imagine, it was a difficult and often violent time. And yet, 
The author of our ode for today is full of joy despite crappy circumstances. This is an invitation to praise. The next portion of this ode is the voice of Christ inviting the ancient audience to love him and be nourished by him. Before Christ speaks, the Otis, or perhaps when this is being performed, the choir sings, peace was prepared for you before what may be your war. The space is there, it's always there waiting for you. But as Mrs. Witch, who is played by Oprah Winfrey, says in A Wrinkle in Time, the only way out is through. The problem with holding trauma in the body when we don't work through the trauma that is stored in our bodies is it gets stuck. And as it sits stuck in the body, it degrades the health of the rest of our systems. Your nervous system, your immune system, your digestive system, your processing system, the entire body suffers as a result of unresolved, of undealt with trauma. We must get unstuck. We know how to hold these traumas and even pass them down to future generations. So let us also pass down ways to release trauma. We must release the trauma, find the places that is stuck in our bodies and release it. We must let go of the stress and tension we've held for all these years. Thank our bodies and our brains for all the ways it has protected us during these moments, but then let them know that the memory of that moment is not the same thing as the actual moment. And we no longer need that sort of protection. Now, what I am suggesting is not some sort of collective or even individual amnesia. Uh, it's more like Sankofa. Uh, Sankofa is an African word that means go back and fetch it. It is not taboo to go back and get that which you have left behind. Uh, the symbol is a bird. I don't know if any of you have ever noticed my tattoo or if you can see it here, um, but it is a bird flying this way forward to go back to get the, back, the egg that it's on its back. Notice the bird is not carrying a backpack. It's about carrying the gems or the lessons, the most important piece forward. What is it that you wanna take into the future? And what do you want to leave behind? This is not fake it till you make it. There is some active work to be done and it won't look the same for everyone. But our nervous systems have been in a state of dysregulation for too long. It's time to regulate. So regulators, mount up. So here are a few methods to try. If you want to try them with me now, that'd be wonderful. <clears throat> Method one is to breathe into the stuck places. There are two different ways in which you can do this, um, but they're both pretty much the physical embodiment of what a therapist says to Whitley in an episode of A Different World. Relax, relate, release. First, close your eyes. Conjure up the traumatic experience. Notice the emotional response you have to this moment. Can you identify the emotions? Notice where your body feels tight. Is it in your chest? Perhaps your stomach? Are your brows furrowed? Now breathe deeply in. As you breathe out, Breathe out all of the negative emotions, all of the toxicity you've been holding. Thank it for serving you in that moment and let it go. Breathe in again into the places where you've identified tension in your body. And as you breathe out, relax those muscles. Let your shoulders drop, unfurl your brow. Slowly breathe in again. And this time, Breathe in peace, breathe in love, and allow this breath to bring fresh air to this memory, almost like removing a filter on a picture or, or a clearing of smoke. Again, notice where you're holding tension in your body and let that breath pull that tension out. And then you follow the same steps. 
Do those breaths over and over again, clearing the space. The second breathing exercise is um, similar. It starts similarly anyway, with closed eyes and bringing forth the traumatic experience in your mind's eye. And then you identify the emotions and notice um, where the tension sits in your body and where you're holding this in your body. But instead of breathing um, these slow breaths, your breathing will be sharp, fast and forceful. Like imagine um, each breath breaking up the tension and and ushering out the toxins, kind of like a, a clean sweep. I often imagine the breath breaking down the walls I've built or, or a huge industrial fan blowing away what no longer serves me. You place your hands over your heart as you do this, or sometimes like a scooping motion as you breathe in and out. Um, and imagine that um, you're breaking up the places that have become uh, too petrified in your heart to beat. Imagine the expansion as you break up the petrification and allow your heart to beat more fully, clearing it out so you have space to breathe and, and beat and feel deeply and love. Method two is um, talk and active listening. Um, this is done with a partner, so we'll do this in chat and shoot directly after worship, so join me there to participate. Um, if you are uncomfortable doing this with a partner, you can try writing a letter instead to yourself at the age where you experience the trauma. Let yourself know that you understand what happened and then comfort yourself at that age and let yourself know that they are all right and that you've got you. Method three is song and dance. Now in our justice work, this is the connector for the church and the street. It has been the embodiment of prayer, even when words didn't seem to suffice. Now we'll do um, a singing meditation in the chat and chew as well but the movement one we'll do here together. From a physiological perspective, we know that exercise or movement or dance boosts endorphins, dopamine and adrenaline and increases the production of antibodies and T cells in your system. Alice Walker said, hard, time hard times require furious dancing. She calls us to dance through whatever challenges us, reminds us that it's basic for maintaining balance and that some of the moves made popular in black culture stem from the ways black dancers in the olden days were contorting out various knots of stress. She calls us to honor the role of dance in healing to dance sorrows away or at least integrate them more smoothly into daily existence. If you were a Grey's Anatomy fan you'll remember Christina and Meredith would often dance it out to relieve stress and tension. Hard times require furious dancing, Alice Walker writes. Each of us is proof. So let's do this. If you've got the space and are able, I invite you to stand up and dance with me to a song I wrote that uses the words of this ode. joy of the Lord, and let your love abound from heart to lips, in order to bring forth fruit of the Lord a holy life, and speak with attention in his light. Stand and be restored, all you who were once flattened, speak you were silent, your mouth has been opened, from now on be lifted up, you who were destroyed since your justice has been raised. For the right hand of the Lord is with you all, and she will be a help for you. Open, open your heart to the dancing joy of the Lord, and let your love abound from heart to lips. In order to bring forth fruit of the Lord, a holy life, and speak with attention in his Cheek. 
you all um there is a piece that has already been prepared for us even before we knew the the war we'd have to endure and that piece is simply waiting for us if we are willing to get to the other side may it be so Amen, amen, <laughs> Natalie, you got my blood pumping. <laughs> so I was doing my chair dance here. Oh, uh, it's so good to see you all, to see your uh, names or to see yourselves. And um, here is my invitation to join the movement. 20 years ago in the East Village, we lived with death, the East Village also known as uh, Muncie Lands. Um, the air was filled with smoke from a giant funeral pyre downtown. Death was literally in the air. Death was all around us in the smoky pillar by day and fires by night in our neighbors' faces and on the news. Death was the terrible fact we woke to each day. It seemed to be invincible. The city south of 14th Street closed down. Many of us who weren't uh, like Gloria and Joey, helping or searching, uh, those who had homes stayed home, glued to the perpetually looping news. When we had to go out, we hit the near empty streets wearing masks like we would in the plague years that we're in now. Those of us with small kids at the time had to learn how to say no. No, you can't go outside, honey. Uh, no, it's hot, but we can't open the windows because of the smoky air. No, we can't turn on the air conditioning because of the bad stuff that might blow in. Mommy is crying because she's very sad. She's sad because buildings fell down and people were hurt. No, no, honey, don't worry. Our building won't fall down too. Death was strong then, but as we East Village families would learn, love in the form of middle would help us heal. Here's the story. One day soon after September 11th, 2001, the wind had shifted and it seemed safe enough for us to take a walk. Chuck and I and our daughter, Gracie, strapped into her stroller, were right uh, near middle when the wind shifted again. A thick plume of yellow-gray smoke was blowing down 2nd Avenue straight at us. Panicked, I scooped Gracie from her stroller and bland blindly ran with her through middle's wide open doors, ushered in by our former pastors, Gordon Draught and Jeannie Bolin. Inside, it was cool. The burned smell that was everywhere hadn't penetrated the sanctuary or our old community room where Gordon said Gracie could play. After a while, I asked if some of Gracie's cooped up playground friends could come play too. A few phone calls later, the families started to arrive and soon the community room was filled with shrieks and laughter and running feet. While the kids played, the parents sat on the stage with Jeannie, talking and sharing chocolates that one of us had brought. The sharing of chocolate in conversation was a much needed Holy Communion. And for at least that shining afternoon, love was as strong as death. Middle remained our sanctuary then and through the war on terror that would further divide our divided nation, and fill the world with more hatred and death. Our preachers' just sermons, our anti-war candlelight vigils, our fierce and loving support of our Muslim and Sikh families helped keep me from despair. Middle was and remains a living example of how the radical power of loving community lights a way through the longest night. Even though our church building fell down last December, the word of love the fierce ardor of loving community keeps on burning. We need to keep love alive in this world in any small way we can. This sounds corny, but it is true. Each membership or gift of your money or time lights a candle. It lights a candle in us because it feels good to give. 
and it lights a candle in the world through Middles programs, including the Freedom School for this year's, this generation's children. Together, we can light this darkness with love. Join me, join this movement. Love you all. love our children. Every time I watch Carlo dance, I just get life all the time. <laughs> uh, well, middle community, let's pray together now in whatever posture is comfortable for you. God of love, God of light, God of hope, God who carries our grief and holds our most sacred memories with a tender hand, who helps unstick our trauma so we can be liberated. We honor you. God, we thank you for our divine right to breathe healing over personal and universal traumas. And God, we thank you for a global community of people who give generously of their time and talent and treasure, who rise up and build like Nehemiah, God, as we commit ourselves to powering this movement of revolutionary love at Middle Church, we thank you for all the gifts that have been offered today and every day. May our contributions in finance and in spirit go further with you than they ever could with us alone. And God, may the ground we walk on be rich with the exact nutrients we need for growth. And may we find ourselves lacking in nothing as we commit ourselves to bringing about a freer, more just world. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you for that, Elise. And thanks so much, Natalie, for your message uh, and for the scripture today. Uh, this is such an amazing community to be a part of. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we're going to sing one more song together. Hope that you're singing from home. You know, one of the inspirational things that I was thinking about today is, Natalie, you were you were so expressive in watching everybody in the Zoom screens dance and, and just the sharing uh, about that truth today. It made me think about Matthew 15, which is the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, uh, you're the city on the hill. People will look to us. They'll look to see what light that we have. And uh, I'm just inspired by that, so we're going to sing this little light of mine uh, together. Throwing it back old school, everybody, back to the kiddo days. Maybe you're dancing too. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, 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 let it Man, yes, Drew, thank you. I'm going to let it shine <laughs> this week. Amen. Um, friends, our, our movement work, our justice work can only go as deeply as the work we're willing to do in ourselves. How deeply are you willing to... Um, meet your truths and your vulnerabilities to clean out your own toxins. That's only as far as we're gonna be able to go. And so um, this week, may you go forth with a renewed spirit of, of, and passion for that work for yourself so that we may then instill some real change in the world. Amen. Now, this is the moment where we're going to give you like a couple of seconds to um, come off of mute and say hi, but just want to remind you chat and chew is after this. Unfortunately, we can't record chat and chew today um, because people are going to be sharing personal stuff. There's lots of um, breakout rooms, so it just doesn't make sense, but we hope to see you there when you um, show up. It's at, it's in like four minutes. No, it's not. It's at 145, right? No, it's at 1245. It's in four minutes. <laughs> I'll see you in chat and chew. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Have a great week, everybody. Turn your light. Today.